You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hello, my friends. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Dr. Lowe's show. I am Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. I'm uh, excited for this episode that we're going to be sharing with you. This is a, a topic I've never done before. So looking forward to diving in into some new stuff. Now this episode is actually pretty, pretty medical. It's technical. We're talking about a specific condition. And if any of you listening are suspecting that you're dealing with these issues, um, and you don't really feel like you have a doctor that you're working with that is speaking your language, it's helping you, I would be more than happy to assist you in getting to the root of the problem and also helping you feel better and heal your body. So if you're not aware, if you're new to the show, I have a practice called Shine Natural Medicine, and um, I work with patients locally in San Diego and all over the country, actually, because I've been doing this show for almost 10 years now. I have a lot of people who are out of state, who need help and maybe don't have someone in their area that they can work with. So if that's you, I would love to help you. Um, you can learn more about how I work at shinenaturalmedicine.com. And essentially how it goes is we do our first visit um, over the phone. If you're not local, I do a full health history, get to the root of um, whatever it is that you're dealing with. And then from there, I order labs for you. So that would include blood work, um, which looks at kind of everything from head to toe, your liver, your kidneys, your thyroid, your immune system, your vitamin D, your iron levels, um, any markers of heart disease, stroke risk, um, diabetes, you name it. Basically what you get done from, you know, your primary care, but a lot more information. Um, cause I'm looking thing at things, not just from the conventional medical view, but also the naturopathic sort of optimal range. I also run deficiency testing on every patient. So that looks at all your vitamin and mineral levels that are low. I've only seen two patients in my whole career that have actually had optimal levels of their vitamins. So literally hundreds of people um, are deficient. Most of them have no idea. And then I may do other tests depending on the case, like hormone testing um, or you know leaky gut testing and even things like stool testing, depending on your unique situation, because we're all different. So at the second visit, we go over all the labs and then I put together a health plan for you that typically is about 10 weeks. And at the end of that 10 weeks, we retest and see how things have improved. And usually it's pretty incredible. So if you're interested in working together, if you want to ask more questions and, um, you know, see if this is the right fit, my recommendation would go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com and you can either send us a message on there or get our, our contact information and we can get something set up. All right, before we jump into the show, I want to um, give a second to thank our show sponsor. Thank you so much for making these shows possible. Paleo Valley, I have been working with them for several weeks now and actually using their products for years now. One of the things we're, we'll talk about in this episode is gut health. Um, I'm a broken record. I'm constantly telling my patients that your health truly starts in your gut, especially if there's anything autoimmune, it's always starting in the gut. We've talked about on the show before how one tool we use to really help to contribute to gut health is bone broth, but most of us don't have hours or days to actually cook our own bone broth. 
Paleo Valley has a great solution for that. If you're a busy person, they have actual grass-fed bone broth protein. So it's very high quality. It's very abundant in collagen. We know that collagen is good not only for gut health, but even your skin, your hair, your nails, and um, other benefits of collagen helping to... um, helps with arthritis and joint health. It actually reduces cellulite in the research. Um, it lowers the risk of heart disease. It helps to boost your metabolism. So a lot of things that we know in the research that collagen helps with. Um, and what I love about this particular one is it is grass-fed. A lot of the bone broth proteins on the market are not grass-fed. So it's important that we support farms that are doing it the right way, um, as well as you know using for our bodies what's going to help to heal us. So to get your bone broth protein or anything that they have on their website, which includes vitamin C, they have a really great greens powder that my son is obsessed with, even though he's only one, he loves it. And they have, you know, a turmeric product. They have all kinds of stuff, including like beef sticks, like really good beef sticks or turkey sticks. So you check them out over at paleovalley.com and any product that's on their website, you can get 15% off if you just use the code Dr. Lowe, D-R-L-O. All right, let's jump into the show and talk all about natural solutions for lupus. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back. We have a very informative and new topic on the show I'm looking forward to diving into and joining me as a new guest to the show. And I was actually interviewed on her show last week, which should be coming out probably in the next several weeks. So um, so that's pretty fun. I love swapping interviews. Um, so we have Margaret Romero on the show. She is a board certified nurse practitioner, um, Columbia trained. She's actually been in the um, health industry medical industry for 25 years. So she has a ton of experience that she's going to be able to share with us. And she really combines functional medicine. She utilizes functional medicine to to treat chronic illness, um, hormone imbalances, and also women's sexual health issues. And she's been a clinical instructor and taught functional and integrative medicine at Columbia University. I love that, bringing that into the conventional setting. I think that's brilliant. And she's the host of the Sacred Medicine Podcast and also the author of from flame to flare, 25 things you must do to avoid your next lupus flare. And that's the topic of the show talking all about lupus. So thank you so much for joining me, Margaret. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I, I love that, you know, you have so much expertise on this and why don't you share a little bit of, you know, your personal story, why this is something that you focus on. Oh, yes. Okay. So I would say about 13 years ago, I was starting to experiencing, I was experiencing some joint pain, some wrist pain, and then it was kind of wandering and then knee pain and um, got some blood work done. It's, you know, it showed that I had an autoimmune issue happening, um, but it just escalated so quickly that it went from an occasional joint pain to like full on like muscle pain, um, joints like almost everywhere in my body. Um, It was just such a painful time in my life. And by the time I got all this information back, blood work um, and all of that, I remember one morning I had my period and I was getting out of the bed and I just had like 
like a gush of like I was vaginally bleeding, like almost hemorrhaging. And at the time, uh, my boyfriend, he drove me to the hospital and my, I was extremely anemic. My blood pressure was through the roof. And I was just in like the probably, it was my very first lupus flare. And I had to be medi-flighted to a different hospital. And wow. it was just, it was just a bad, bad time in my life. And I had, I was losing my hair. I had gained 30 pounds. They had me on prednisone. I was just like, I would look in the mirror. I couldn't even recognize myself um, mm. from the weight these like round cheeks to my hair thinning and me having to cut it to like a pixie cut from having really long hair. And, and then the pain was just like going upstairs and feel and getting out of bed and feeling like every single joint in my feet. It was just horrible until one day um, I noticed that every time I ate, my knees and my cheeks would just get so red and my knees would get red and swollen. And I thought to myself, maybe I have celiac. Like maybe I have like some kind of sensitivity to food. Now this is before I was really sort of like in functional medicine or even, you know, specializing in autoimmunity. This was before all of that. So I... I went to my rheumatologist at the time and I said to her, listen, I'd like to be tested for celiac because I'm finding that I have some kind of sensitivity to every time I eat, like this is what's happening. And she's like, I said, I'd like a DNA test. And she was like, look, save your money, just take your medicine and don't worry about it. Wow. We don't need to do those tests. And I even had asked her like, how about some fish oil? Can I take that to help with inflammation? She was like, look, just take your medication. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't, I was so pissed. And so I basically ordered the DNA test on my own, did it. It came back positive that I had two gluten sensitive genes and I immediately became gluten free within like a week, seven to 10 days. I noticed that the majority of the swelling had gone down I was like all of my joint and muscle pain had decreased substantially. Wow. And yeah, it was like a miracle. And after that, I was just like starting to read up on, I mean, I became like a gluten-free fanatic. I went to cooking classes, gluten-free cooking classes. I was living um, in Boulder at the time. And so there was Boulder. <laughs> the mecca like, of gluten-free. The mecca. <laughs> and so I, it was so easy to find this. Um, but I had moved from New Mexico up to Colorado. And um, it was so easy to find gluten-free food, uh, gluten-free cooking classes. Um, you know, I had books and I just became gluten-free at that moment. And my life had changed. And not only that, I had also done a ton of other testing because at the time, I was then working as um, I took over a women's health practice owned by a nurse practitioner who was retiring and I took over a practice. And so it was very much functional medicine. So I was learning about women's health. I was also learning about um, other tests that I could perform myself. And I did. And I had learned so many things. I did stool testing and 
all of these other things and found and just uncovered so much that I was at one of the best hospitals in Boston, like one of the biggest and quote unquote best hospitals in Boston at the time when I was hospitalized. And, um, and the reason I went from, from like Southwest over there was because my brother's a physician in that same hospital. And so he wanted me to see his friend who's a specialist in kidney disease. So he flew me way out there. And then that's where I was uh, recovering for a bit until I went back to Santa Fe, moved up to Colorado. So I had pretty much, there was no one I could ask to, to like help me through this. So I did this whole journey on my own with trying to figure out like, what caused this? Like, why? And I found out so much with all the tests that I had done. Wow. Well, that's, that's amazing. And I, I just, I, I want to point out a couple of things. One is it's wild that your, your doctor, not only did they mention options that you had naturally, which they're not trained in, so they wouldn't really suggest that, but that's just wild to me. And also that you even asked specifically, <laughs> what if I did this and can I do this? And it's still, you know, you were hit with the, that, that no, that resistance. So that's pretty, pretty wild that, that that's the medical system we're in. Um, but what's beautiful is that you had an intuition and you trusted it and you went with that. Um, cause I always tell my patients, you know, I'm like, you guys are smarter about your body than I am. Even though I know a lot of stuff, I have a ton of tools and I'm always looking to get to the root cause. You always have a say in your health. And if you have a sense about something, trust it because yeah, exactly. almost all the time you're going to be right. You know, I mean, unless you're hypochondriac and you think there's always something or, you know, this sort of coming from that place, but truly like there, you have to trust that intuition because if you didn't, you would have gone down a very different road. Oh my gosh. I don't know where I would be today. Yeah, I honestly don't. Yeah. So, um, and I love when I have guests who actually have the specific condition that they help people with, because you get it um, as a personal, you know, story. So I think that's really beautiful. And we'll get into some of the things that may have contributed that for you a little bit later, and we get to sort of the root cause. But let's, let's take a step back and talk about more about lupus specifically. So what is lupus? Are there different types of lupus? You know, how, how do, how is it diagnosed? Sure. So lupus is considered an autoimmune condition. And um, conventional medicine says that the body is sort of attacking itself. And um, and we sort of need to step back from that to really look at the the root cause of autoimmunity in general. Um, There's several different types of lupus. There's ones that affect the skin. There is one that affects the kidney. Um, In my case, I had um, like a full body involvement, lupus nephritis. So I had um, pleurisy, my heart was enlarged. Um, my kidneys were affected. I had um, also the lupus rash on the face. I had, um, my gosh, my liver functions were through the roof. I mean, it was like a full body thing here. Mm -hmm. And um, so people can get a variety of different things or they can have like uh, a little bit of kidney issue, but it mostly is affecting their skin or they have like rashes that just come and go or always there. Um, that's also pretty common as well. And so there's just a different type. There, there are ones that just affect sort of the muscles and, you know, connective tissue as well, connective tissue disease. 
So there is a variety of ones. And then there's labs that will um, specifically check for which autoimmune condition you have. If you have Sjogren's or MS or rheumatoid, lupus, um, or what different types of lupus you have according to what symptoms you're, you're having. And I would imagine that this is oftentimes misdiagnosed, right? Because you can go into your doctor and say, I'm having this rash on my face. I'll say, okay, send you to a dermatologist. Okay, you have rosacea. Here's this cream. Or you go into your doctor and say, I'm having this pain, you know, my muscles. Okay, here's a, here's a pain medication or uh, so on and so forth, right? So it can be just taken as this one particular issue and you're treated just for that. So do you know how long typically it takes for someone to get accurately diagnosed when they have lupus? Oh my gosh. Oh, it can take years. I mean, I have patients that have told me like eight to 10 years of Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So many doctors and specialists and getting scans and this and that. I mean, it's not going to show up if you're not necessarily looking for it or if you are, even if they were to diagnose you with lupus, there, there's a specific... Um, standard protocol, you know, oh, okay, so you're having muscular pain, well, we're just gonna put you on prednisone, that should help make it go away. And they're given such high doses that it may help sort of band-aid the symptom, but it certainly isn't helping the situation in general. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like the, you know, all of these medications, even the biologics, even the ones that you're injecting or the ones that you're infusing, which I never had any of those, but I'm sure that if I had stuck with the conventional way, probably I would end up needing one of those at least. Yeah. And you have a pretty amazing story in that you like a whole 10 year span with zero flares. I'm sure that's very rare to hear about. So we'll get into, you know, what you did to help with that process. Mm So, um, any other symptoms that tend to come along with lupus or you probably covered most of them? I think the biggest thing is also like aside from pain, like physical pain, um, joints and muscles, there's fatigue. There's so much fatigue. And what, what really gets me is that, um, people are given, you know, these sort of like uppers, they're given amphetamines um, to help get rid of the fatigue. And that's not the issue. It's not that the body needs or lacks amphetamine. I mean, it's a, it's a little crazy to think about like, okay, can we just go ahead and check like, aside from like thyroid, let's check all the deficiencies, what's going on in the gut. How are they feeling? What what else can be causing? It's not an Adderall deficiency. It's something, something So so conventional medicine, I would imagine the main way that it's approached is, okay, we we do the diagnosis. And at this point, we're alleviating or masking your symptoms as long as we can. And then once your kidneys get, you know, bad enough, we'll put you on dialysis. Is that sort of the progression of things or or even, you know, uh, transplantation if needed, if it's a a kidney type? Right. Um, If it's um, lupus nephritis at times, yes, it could advance to that. the other thing is, even if you don't have any kidney disease, you can live a whole entire life with being on pain meds, um, with being on, you know, prednisone, which doesn't really help with your bones. Um, it right. Cause, cause weight gain as well. And even, um, you know, affects your immune system, right? Yeah. It affects yeah. your adrenals. I mean, yeah. So, many things. so 
that and that's not the answer even if, if you have zero kidney involvement you're still living a life of pain and fatigue and that, like that's not the way to live it's not yeah. all these medications which are probably also wreaking havoc on your gut sure absolutely yeah i mean that's actually an interesting point um so let's shift gears let's talk about some of the things that contribute to lupus from you know more of a naturopathic natural medicine functional medicine perspective First, starting with you in your case, what do you think contributed to you getting lupus? Okay, yeah, great question. So this question was never asked of, of me whatsoever, yeah. but I had sort of had to think back like, okay, what was happening right before all this went down? So a couple of things. One is that I was experiencing somewhat severe constipation. And to the point where I needed to go get colonics in order to clear out. And even, even sometimes there were times when they weren't able to clear me out. Like it just wasn't happening. And so I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And I went to a couple of people to try to figure it out. Nobody really knew. And this was like before the time when there were like really good stool tests out there. And, and I was living in New Mexico at the time. And so there were really no, um, like someone was like, maybe you have Lyme. Is that what's going on? Um, right when I started feeling a little bit of like joint pain, people were like, maybe you have Lyme disease. So I went to a Lyme specialist and like everything was negative there. But so I think my gut was like in really bad condition. And at the time, obviously I was not gluten-free. I had, um, I was a little bit on the heavier side compared to what I am now. I probably wouldn't say that I was like in the best shape. Uh, I certainly wasn't nutritionally like clean and all of that, though I, I don't think I was eating like fast foods, but I was certainly, you know, the Santa Fe way of eating is like a lot of queso and a lot of, you know, I, I really right. margaritas and it was just like sort of like that kind of thing going on. And, um, it, and let me tell you, it progressed pretty quickly. So the constipation led to like, like several months later, where I started to experience, you know, the wrist pain while I was on a on a hike in the Grand Canyon. And so um, that was the fir very first inkling. And then from there, wow, it just sort of just was like wildfire. It just spread so quick where I, I couldn't even believe what was happening. Yeah. So would you say for you, it, it may have started with celiac and, um, and a poor diet? Do you think I, that, and well, that contributed to the constipation? I don't have celiac. I did get tested, but I had for two, it. Yeah. The yeah. two, um, like the DQ two and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So that for sure was the issue because being becoming gluten-free was a godsend for my body and i'm not saying that everybody has some kind of gluten sensitivity but i'm sure the majority of you do or have some form of gut issue mm -hmm. for sure do you think there was anything else that contributed it to contribute to it for you or or do you think it's simply that was probably the root cause I think that was the root cause. That's, that's sure. wild. Do you yeah. have, just curious, any family history of autoimmune? Because I find oftentimes there's a genetic link. There's, yes. Um, my father has, well, he's got psoriasis. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. about it. Nobody else that I know has any sort of autoimmune issue. 
I'm, I'm always very hesitant to make any blanket statements, but I usually make this blanket statement to my patients that all autoimmune disease is started in the gut. It, and it doesn't matter what type it is, if it's rheumatoid arthritis, if it's MS, if it's um, you know lupus in your case. And not like it's the only thing, but it's, it is one of the required factors. 100%. And I've seen this every time. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally and wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. So you've worked with lots and lots of patients with this. Let's talk about the root causes that you've identified to contribute to this for patients, um, besides the ones you've mentioned. Any other ones that you can see? Any particular infections that you have found? Um, any particular exposures, maybe toxins or anything like that, that has you know, been something that can be a factor leading to it? Oh, yeah, sure. So number one, I do the stool test on yeah. everyone. Even if they've got thyroid issues, um, not coming in with autoimmunity or anything, it's, we always, I always start at the gut. And I have yet to have a single patient of mine have a clear gut with, yep, with any here. issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's near, I mean, I just haven't seen that yet. And I do stool testing a lot in my practice. So um, I, there's always a gut issue that we have to deal with, whether it's chronic infections, that's huge, 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 because you could have infections in the gut and not, you don't need to be having, you know, diarrhea or severe constipation. You could really just have very mild symptoms, but there's a lot going on in there. So that's for sure. The first thing that I've seen also, I, I do a um, chronic infection blood panel. So I'll check for like CMV, Epstein-Barr, HHV6, and just check for herpes infections. Um, CMV is cytomegalovirus, EBV or Epstein-Barr virus. You know, I just do a slew of checking for what type of viruses this body has, um, you know, developed antibodies against. And almost everybody has some form of viral infection, not maybe not current, but still even an positive IgG, meaning past infections are, are almost always present. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I educate my patients about specifically Hashimoto's, but I would guess it's the same for all autoimmune that usually it's three things that are present. It's there, there's the genetic predisposition. The second would be um, leaky gut for sure in all cases. And then the third would be some sort of trigger, right? So, so like in in that case, it would be maybe infections as a trigger, like a virus, or if it's one of the gut infections, like a parasite or bacteria or yeast overgrowth. Um, And sometimes it's a stressful event, like a traumatic event or um, having a baby that can really change the immune system. Do you find that's the case where it's typically those three things? I would say yes. I mean, stress, stressful events, a death in the family, divorce, mm-hmm. a breakup, um, something will sort of even turn on, even if your, your genetic predisposition, it can sometimes be the reason why they turn on. And right. so that's, that's something that I see not as often as I see gut infections and chronic um, mm-hmm. other infections, like the viruses I just named. Those right. two almost 99% of the time, um, those are there. And so I, I like to be able to clear those out, to at least have them, I mean, you're not never able to really fully clear them out, but sometimes they sort of are in the background, like 
wreaking havoc and the body's like on alert at all times. So building up um, immunity, trying to sort of build up the immune system and getting stronger. Because a lot of people with chronic illness, just they've got really low vitality, really low reserves, right? immune system, you know, they are nutritionally deficient. That's another one. And when I see someone that has multiple vitamin deficiencies, mm-hmm. to me, that's a clue. Well, one, nutritionally, they're not really eating well. Number two, they've got leaky gut. They've got permeability issues. So mm-hmm. um, especially someone with very low cholesterol, like 120, 130, even, you know, even up to 150, like that's a sign of permeability big time. Mm. But isn't cholesterol so bad for you and you want it to be so low? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it drives me nuts when, when you know, like that brainwashing happens. I know, you I know. You need it. You need it to be alive. So um, super interesting. And, and it, you know, can you guys listening really get how important it is to get to the root of the problem? Because if you go into your doctor and the root of the problem isn't identified, again, you're just going to be masked having your symptoms mass and not really getting true healing. So um, Margaret, in, in your experience, is lupus something that can be reversed? Is it something that's just managed? What's been your experience with that? Oh, no, I, I believe that it can be reversed. Mm-hmm. I believe that once you sort of give the body the nutrients it needs, you get rid of the things that are causing the triggers, and your body heals after all these years of just kind of like, living in this way with like low nutrient levels and and low reserves it's definitely po- possible to reverse things but you sort of need to it needs to like being gluten free or even dairy free needs to be a lifestyle because you can't sort of do it for a year and then go back to like eating like fast foods and fried foods and right soda and and then expect the body to be at its most optimal. I mean, it really does become sort of a lifestyle. Absolutely. And so what would be just some general suggestions regarding diet? Because we both believe food is medicine. I mean, it's really the, the foundation of our health. So what are the foods that folks with lupus should consider cutting out? Oh, yeah. All right. So a lot of people don't like to hear this. And the two of the most first things that I do with anyone that has autoimmune condition is taking them off gluten and taking them off dairy. Mm -hmm. So gluten and dairy, and a lot of people, you know, the first thing they think of is, oh my God, well, what am I going to eat? There's nothing nothing that I can eat. But I just actually, on my last podcast, just came out with a whole PDF on how to start how do you have like a simple way of becoming gluten free? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like two of the very first things, and really focusing on just whole foods. Like, forget anything from a can, forget anything from a box. Can we just focus on like lean protein, veggies, salads? Like, j- just and you're really not going to find that in fast foods. I'm sorry, it's just not possible. So if you're not a cook, maybe. Um, you know, there are those, um, I think you, you do them too, the boxes that come and then you can, you have all the ingredients in there. Yeah, you can do, there's a few ways you can get stuff already made, like something like Pete's Paleo, um, or I know, you know, um, Balance Bites, they have some meal delivery. If you literally just want food delivered, you just eat it. 
if you want to cook it on your own, I think there's like HelloFresh or SunBasket. I like that one. And you can make it where you don't have to go to the store. They just send you all the ingredients. Um, or you can even have like a local company do a meal prep for you. There's, there's ways that are pretty ways. affordable. Yeah. 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 Really. And you know, healthy and I love that they have the paleo option too. Mm -hmm. So and paleo is, is great in terms of, um, you know, they don't do gluten and they're, and you don't do dairy with it. So it's basically lean protein, vegetables, fruit. Yeah. So but also, depending on if you have candida, you may need to be off fruit for a little bit. So it all depends on sort of where you are and what your needs are. Mm -hmm. So I would so then starting with gluten free, dairy free, and then maybe doing something a little more restrictive, like maybe autoimmune paleo, something like that. Would you think that would be worth um, you know considering for people with lupus? Like no eggplant, no peppers, things yeah, like that. Yeah, like all those things. Mm -hmm. um, or is that more I for mean, pain, like rheumatoid arthritis? Yes, people can certainly try that. But I will say that after all these years, granted, I haven't had a flare in over 10 years. Um, um, I don't do that at all. I eat okay. peppers, onions, garlic, um, eggplant, and it doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. Nor does the sun affect me anymore. That's sort of a big thing that, um, especially people with lupus, or especially if you're in, in the midst of a flare, you are not really allowed to be out in the sun. It just can trigger a flare. Um, but and is it all dairy or, or um, is, you know, goat dairy or sheep or something like that? Okay. And then what about butter? So initially, I say like, at least for a good Oh gosh, I know this is going to sound like a long time. Nine months, mm -hmm. I say no dairy. And then after, once you're feeling a little better, um, the dairy that is allowed would be like goat uh, mozzarella, also sort of mm. um, one of the ones that is kind of allowed. Um, mm. Butter is also allowed. So the, like if you were to think, I don't know if you've heard this before or if this is common, but I know that... Um, this worked for my body and I've, it's also something that I had learned as well. But basically when it comes to dairy, once you're out of your flare and you're doing better and you need to, um, and you're sort of like ready to kind of start introducing a couple of those things, not gluten. I, I think that people yeah. should sort of be off gluten forever. For sure. But when it comes to dairy, so things that have like fatter molecules, like, like Buffalo mozzarella seems to be okay. And like mm. I said, but like, I didn't know that's a thing. <laughs> Buffalo mozzarella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's what they do in Boulder. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The things like skim milk or 1%. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think forget all milk, forget and just replace it with almond. But something like if you were, if you had an option of having coffee and someone said, oh, skim or half and half. Um, half and half would actually give you less reaction than the skim milk. Just right. That, um, or even full milk. cream, like full yeah. fat. Yeah. Right. Um, that makes sense. And so let's get into some of the more specific things that people can do in terms of supplements. So what are supplements that you took that really helped you? What are things that you recommend for patients with lupus? Okay. While they're like in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe okay. maybe two phases if they're in the midst of it, and then just for ongoing support. Either way, vitamin D is a is a total must. You know, it's a, an immune modulator, so it helps to sort of quiet down your immune system. It also is 
it's also now considered sort of a hormone. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, vitamin D is great. And you want those levels when you get them checked um, with your doctor to be between 60 and 80. Um, anything lower than that, it's just not enough. And I know like a lot of doctors are sort of a little bit afraid to give too much vitamin D. They just say like a thousand. I take like 5,000 per day and yeah. I, I never I think see that's it. a maintenance. I feel like 5,000 is just maintenance and 10 yeah. is if you're deficient. Yeah. Yes. Very totally. safe. Yeah. So, and I just had my levels checked. I am out in the sun and I take 5,000 a day. And I think my last one was like 50, 50. Wow. And I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. I'm not even in the most optimal range. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, recently mine was like in the 30s. I'm like, what am I doing? So I started taking 10,000. I've been doing that for a while and I should yeah. test it pretty soon. Right. Yeah. And especially in the wintertime, um, you just mm-hmm. become more deficient because you're not outside in the sun. For sure. So okay. vitamin D is one. Um, so once your doctor checks for vitamin deficiencies, I mean, you should get at least zinc, magnesium, B12, ferritin, um, iron you know, I don't know how extensive they would, I mean, cause if they get these results back and something's low, I don't know if they would know how to advise you how to bring it up. Yeah. You know, with supplements. Yeah. You got to see a functional medicine or naturopathic really. I know. If you want them to speak the same language, it's just, otherwise it doesn't work. No. And they, they may not even draw the blood for you. Like, Oh, you don't really need that. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. So, yep. um, Okay, so if you're in a flare, vitamin D is really helpful. What are other helpful ones? While okay, in a flare? so vitamin D, replacing if you're B12 deficient, if you're finding that you've got a bunch of other deficiencies, just making sure that you're on board and have those, that you're taking those, whether it's zinc or magnesium, you know, the B vitamins I think are all really crucial. Also, checking mm-hmm. um, MTHFR before you start a B um, regimen, a B supplement regimen, just mm-hmm. to see if uh, it, that's um, a blood test that checks genetically if you're able to utilize regular bees or do you need methylated bees. So I think that's also a good way. And it also tells us if you have, uh, if you're sort of predisposed to clotting issues, which is also really important for people with lupus because you may have a higher risk depending on um, the type of lupus you have from, you know, mm-hmm. getting blood clots. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. And then what about other things like maybe like um, fish oil? Would that be good when, when you're in a flare? Oh yeah, for sure. Fish oil, I think it's great in general, like with or without a flare, I think fish oils at least, at least at the very minimum, a thousand or 1500 milligrams per day, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, checking for that, especially if your HDL, which is your good cholesterol is low, or if you have like metabolic syndrome where you're Um, HDL is low and your triglycerides are high, then you want to be able to focus on raising your good cholesterol to help uh, protect your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? I love probiotics. If you've got whatever is going on with your digestion, um, probiotics may be good, but not necessarily good if you have something called SIBO. Um, But whoever you're seeing and they're doing an extensive you know, gut test. Um, I don't recommend the stool test from a regular lab, you know, for sure. That's, it's not going to give you five pages of results back. Yeah. That we tend to use. Absolutely not. 
I think that the very first thing, if whoever's listening to this, and if you have an autoimmune condition, you get a stool test done and go to someone to help you review that worse. You know, everyone, we're, we're all online now. So virtually. Yeah. You can, you can do it from anywhere. You, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, we can review that for you and, you know, give you some recommendations as to what supplements, but it's, you know, it's also looking at thyroid issues and, and there's just so much sort of that's lacking in the current testing conventionally that I just feel is just not giving, you know, yeah. the like you know, we're just not looking at the bigger picture. We're just like, absolutely. On. You need the whole body assessment, how it all works mm-hmm. together. Cause even something like thyroid dysfunction, can affect even, you know, kidney health, skin health, it's, it's all connected. Um, also, I would think maybe using some anti-inflammatory herbs, like maybe, you know, bromelain or quercetin or turmeric or curcumin. Do you right. feel like those would be helpful, like in a flare? They can be. I like turmeric, but I also don't really depend on it. I guess I do lean more on the fish oils mm-hmm. um, to help decrease inflammation. But you know what, when, when I find, when I can actually find out what's the, what the trigger is, um, and removing that, or if it's an infection, um, sort of getting rid of it or putting people on supplementation, you know, there's a lot of herbs out there that'll help get rid of these chronic infections or parasite and whatnot. Um, once you sort of start reversing all these things and killing them, um, I see that the inflammation goes way down. Like you almost don't need a full arsenal of anti-inflammatories once you start to target and, and kill those triggers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also like, let's say the trigger is gluten, for example, you've got gluten at a restaurant and all of a sudden you're in a flare. Well, in that case, you know, doing the higher dose anti-inflammatories can be really helpful. And even doing like a very high dose of vitamin D for a few days, even like 50,000 for just a few days, just to really kind of bring that flame down, you know, and then bring it down to just like a maintenance dose. Um, I've seen that that can be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, And I also recommend when um, my patients go to a restaurant, because you never know, even though it's gluten-free, like what really is going on in the kitchen, um, it's always good to have... And I don't know if you're gluten sensitive or not, but I always have my patients pick up like there's something called gluten ease and yeah, we use gluten yeah. flam. Yeah. Just to give you that assurance, add an extra sort of, it's a digestive enzyme that sort of helps to break down the gluten. If there's any accidental ingestion of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That really helps a lot. Yeah. Awesome. This is so helpful. I know people listening who are dealing with this and they haven't heard about, you know, natural ways that they could navigate it. I know that this is giving them so many tools and suggestions that their doctor's not talking to them about. So awesome. Are there any other areas we haven't touched on that we could leave with our listeners? Um, Let's see. So we talked about foods, um, lab work to get checked. Um, I do want to say one thing about thyroid. Typically, only one test is done, like the TSH. And I feel that with individuals who have been been on prednisone for a long time or Mm. still on prednisone, and let's say your thyroid's a little bit on the low side and you're given like Synthroid or Levothyroxine or something like that, um, there's a huge lack in um, checking the adrenals. Because the more you're sort of feeding and throwing like thyroid medication at like low thyroid, um, you can you can actually be depleting the adrenals even more. And so checking the adrenals um, first 
before deciding whether or not somebody actually needs thyroid or figuring out like, is the gluten issue, you know, causing the thyroid to be an issue. So it's, I think that there's like a big disconnect there because people have been just given like tons of thyroid medication and it's depleting your already depleted adrenals due to the amount of prednisone you've been on for so long. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's a really good point. Um, and I know, you know, hypothyroid symptoms, you can absolutely get joint pain and muscle pain and, you know, the fatigue and a lot of these symptoms we're oh, talking about. Sure. So, mm-hmm. sure. Awesome. Well, I love this. this is so helpful, Margaret. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story, being so transparent about it because it really makes you a lot more relatable and credible because you've been through it. And, um, you know, thanks for educating our listeners with all of these different ways to help. Um, so I really appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, for thank all you the so work much you for do. having me. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day and, um, we'll talk real soon. And oh, actually, before I let you go, how can people, um, follow what you're doing and, and also look into, I know you have some, um, resources for folks who are dealing with lupus. Oh yeah, sure. So my website, which is margaretromero.com will have, um, you can see my book will be on there. How to reach me. Um, there's some lupus articles. And so I think that's a great place to start. And then I love Instagram. And so you'll always find me cooking something really yummy, gluten-free always. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm always, I, I love being on there and I've just started doing reels. And so I, I do, I love doing that now and teaching people things like within 15 seconds. So wonderful. So you guys all go follow Margaret and check out her resources and thank you again. We really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.